Hello and welcome to In the Weeds. We're recording live from the Picky Weeds Esoteric Occult Boutique, located just south of Clark Summit, Pennsylvania, in beautiful South Abington Township. Picky Weeds is the largest and most diverse boutique of its kind in Northeast Pennsylvania, with an increasingly wide variety of items for many traditions. In addition to items for sale, Picky Weeds hosts a wide variety of classes, events, and community-driven gatherings throughout the year. Picky Weeds is located at 105 Layton Road, South Abington Township, PA. Open Wednesday through Sunday, 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. More information can be found at www.pickyweeds.com. That's P-I-C-K-E-Y-W-E-E-D-Z.com or on our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. In the Weeds is the official podcast for Picky Weeds, where we strive to bring the community together with topics of interest, guest speakers, and informative discussions to benefit the entire community. If you'd like to be a guest speaker, either live or remote call-in, please visit www.pickyweeds.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page, find In the Weeds podcast guest application, click it, Copy and paste the text into an email with your contact information and send it to us at pickyweeds at gmail.com. Now, now let's, let's get, get in, in the, weeds. the weeds. Hey guys, good morning and welcome to episode 13. Triggered. 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 She's triggered, John. <laughs> I get triggered all the time. Me too, and especially <laughs> in traffic. So I'm going to start this episode with a song I always go back to every time I find I'm triggered. And it annoys me, Tanya Tucker, that I think of you every freaking time I get triggered. And then your song runs through my head. It's called Strong Enough to Bend. And she says, like a tree out in the backyard that never has been broken by the wind. But the reason it's still standing is because it was strong enough to bend. And that's what we got to be. So we're going to talk about the things that trigger us and why we, of all people, especially being in this community and working magic and and especially those of us who work in ceremonial and folk um, and bog witches like john <laughs> i am a bog witch. <laughs> need to not ever be triggered because it's really hard to will things when you're coming from a point of being angry to beyond control triggered and you're dealing with things coming through the veil that are going to stomp your ass. It's really that simple. If you're triggered, you have got to be in control. And the same is true out here in the world. Um, that there is a there is a population out here. And this, as Mark Stavish would say, is conspiracy fact, not conspiracy theory. That are pulling the strings. And they got you, their hand up your ass like you're a ventriloquist dummy. And they're moving your mouth, and they're doing that by triggering you through the media and triggering, triggering you through there's a left and there's a right. Yeah, and the fact that, you know, you can actually look it up, that there's one organization, one corporation that owns both sides or all sides of the argument, and uh, their entertainment and their income is based upon us, our reaction to <laughs> stimuli, you yeah. know? And, and we make that decision. Every time we're presented with stimuli, that could be what, you know, someone's wearing, what they look like, or what their, what their leanings are one way or the other. And, you know, we're, we're fighting each other for their own 
entertainment and benefit, you know, and I, I know a lot of people know this or they say they know this, but it's very true. You can look up who owns all of the major media outlets, all of the, it comes down to who owns both the parties, you know, one or two yeah. major organizations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're, we're just the, uh, People supplying them with uh, income and all the power. We're you know? like those peons in WoW when you smack them upside the head <laughs> work, and work, 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 work. work. <laughs> this is what we're here for, and and that's how they see us. <laughs> you know, and, it, and it's and it's our reaction. So most of this stuff comes down to not what was said or or whatever, and it may be some heinous shit, and you know. Our reaction to it is what makes the difference. It does. Right? And they're banking, you know, you remember like way back, what, 2008, 2009, when we had to collapse, a lot of that was because you had, uh, you know, people betting on the failure. They were writing people loans that there's no way they should qualify for, but they weren't making their money on the loans. They were making their money on the, the mortgage insurance, you, and you know, failing and and, mm-hmm. and and losing whatever they had put up for collateral. It was a credit default swap that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, so they were betting <coughs> on our failure to you know make good on our promise to pay because they're the ones that okayed us to get those loans to begin with. You yeah, know? it's it's some heinous shit, but. Even then, we had a choice in what to do. You always have a choice, right? I, I had a one of my first mentors, um, Miguel, if you're listening, uh, gave you. gave uh, gave me a really good example. It's kind of stuck with me uh, since. And he's like, imagine you and another person are have a little yellow tennis ball, and we'll call that tennis ball a reaction, right? So you 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 toss the ball to the other person. Now that other person has a chance to make a decision, you know, are they going to make an emotional decision um, based on how hard you throw the ball? Probably. So if you just toss the ball to them, here's my point of view, and they toss the ball back to you, well, here's my point of view. What happens when you take the ball and you fastball pitch it at 100 plus miles an hour? At their head. Uh, what do you, what would a reasonable person expect in return, right? Well, that ball is coming back at you as fast or faster, right? And so this is the the crux of argument and the crux of, you know, differing viewpoints and people that don't want to accept another's viewpoint or, or it offends them on an emotional level and they have an emotional response. They're going to whip that ball right back at you. And, and that's what's going on. So you have the puppet masters for lack of a better term, uh, Let's put this out into the public space, and, you know, and now we can watch a bunch of fastball pitching between people of different points of view. Yes. And they're cashing in on both sides. And they're know. looking at you as the peasantry. Yeah. And they, you're their toy and their plaything. You know, like we've used that reference before back in like the Occupy Wall Street, you know, and it was a, it was a very viable cause, right? It, you can get behind something like that, what their message was and what they wanted, but the reality of the situation is when you look up on the balcony and you see the 1% sipping champagne and pointing and, and, and laughing. laughing at you, yeah. like clearly mm-hmm. we're missing something, right? Um, we're arguing against each other. We're fighting against each other. We're making rash um, decisions 
uh, and how we're going to react to stimuli. And it really comes down to that throw the ball. Are, are, are you going to toss the ball or are you going to whip it at somebody? And do you really expect them not to whip it back at you? It's like the pendulum of public opinion or the pe- pendulum of uh, political or whatever, right? <laughs> it, we have a tendency to overcorrect. Right, like so. me and my second marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and we won't talk about Skippy. We swing way too wide. Bless his heart. <laughs> he, he could be the national spokesperson for Kleenex. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so we had an instance of this happen in the store, and people always ask us, like, how can you talk across the spectrum to so many people and not get upset? How can you have really great conversations with these people knowing what they are? Because they're people. Yeah. And because generally, they are triggered. They're triggered by something that they've been indoctrinated to, whether that be political or religious, or whether that just be, you know, the country upbringing or the yeah. city upbringing, where they don't understand the country folk and they're calling us hicks. You know, it's indoctrination. And so you have to think to yourself, do I really care what they think of me? Because if you're asking, I don't. Um, and you have to be strong enough in yourself and your your beliefs in yourself and where you stand to not be triggered by what they're going to say to you. This guy walked in the store wearing a red hat, so you can kind of go from there and take what you will about his leanings, going, you know you want him back. You know you want him back in office because you're in business. You know you want him back. And I just leaned over the counter very politely, and I said, sir, we don't talk about that kind of stuff in here. And he stopped for a second, and he looked, and he said, he leaned back in, as John said, he tossed the ball back, and he said, why not? And I said, because it's divisive, and because this is a safe space, and I want you to be happy here, and I want her to be happy here, and I want him to be happy here, and I don't want bickering and ugliness and people going back and forth at one another, because I want them to be able to come here to let go of all of that and just be in good company. Yep. And... I tossed the ball back. And that man and I, even though we were completely opposed to one another in viewpoint, he and I had the most lovely conversation for an hour about family and about farming and about practices and about spirituality. And it was just a really nice conversation. And that's how it ended. And this is something I learned. As, you know, it's called How to Diffuse a Situation. On the front lines at a women's clinic, um, dealing with people like, and I kid you not, Eric Rudolph, um, and being able to have relaxed, one-on-one, first-name basis conversations with these people, even though I was completely opposed to their viewpoint, because I knew that their viewpoint was coming from a place of fear and brainwashing. And that it's coming from a religious ideology that I would never agree with, nor would I never understand. Yeah, and it's—I mean—it's like a political ideology it that's is. become a religious ideology. Yeah, you know, oh, like yeah. They, they're closed off, and and that's—and we're guilty of it too. On, oh God! Uh, regardless of your position, we all get in, you know entrenched into an us versus them uh, reality, and that's what they're banking on. Yes, I mean. And gotta you, keep us separated. You might find the the other person, you know, especially lately, it's it's gone from you know a political to a moral standpoint, right? But then you have the question of 
whose morals? Yeah. Right. It's all so, about perspective. You know, and that, that gentleman came in and, and you know how they, they always like to say, well, you know, you were dressed a certain way and, you know, you expect people, well, you know, he came in dressed a certain way to provoke. Oh yeah. Uh, the entire uniform, if you will, was for provocation and that's what he was looking for. And instead of provocation, he got reason. Yeah. And does that mean that we're okay with everything that person stands for? Absolutely no. not. That's not the point. The point is that we can have differing viewpoints. You, it, anytime you have to have a checklist that uh, any other person that you encounter in the world must meet, uh, there's short- not going to be many people that meet all those things on your checklist. You're shortchanging yourself, too. And, and <clears throat> that, that goes with you know with everything in life with spirituality even you you don't some things don't mix you know we don't mix things with spirituality we don't mix politics you know sexuality any of that with spirituality no it doesn't have anything Mm-mm. to do with it and and we see that a lot we see um, each other as coven mates and i get that's it i get the human aspect of tribe and you want to be with people of like mind and there's nothing wrong with that but who are you uh, turning away because they're missing one or two tick marks on your on your list. Uh, are they heinous? Are they horrible people? Do they believe in horrible shit? Well, yeah, that's kind of a no brainer. You yeah. don't want to be around that. But that's about one percent of the population. You know, you have to be you have to be smart. Like I, one of the best lessons I ever got was from, and I will call him a convict because anyone that's ever worked in or been in prison knows that that is a term of respect, right? You have inmates which are run of the mill. Dumbasses, and then you have convicts uh, who know how the system works and know how everything works, and, and they work the system. <laughs> and they, they work the system better than anyone. Uh, but one of my first lessons as a young corrections officer was from a convict, um, and I was fresh out of boot camp. I was hard charger, you know, high and tight haircut, ready to go, jack booted, and yeah, yeah, I didn't know shit, um, and I made emotional reactions to every stimuli that I had, you know, so it's really easy for this guy, uh, to rile me up, you know, and he said inflammatory things, or he said something that, you know, talking about your personal life, talking about things that, you know, your, your appearance, the way your way you speak, anything, any little chink in your armor that they could get in, uh, to get under your skin and cause an emotional reaction. Because when you're doing five life sentences, you don't really care about tickets. You don't really care about anything else. You have really very little um, entertainment other than the young, dumb officer that just got out of boot camp that thinks he has all the answers yeah. because the academy to- <laughs> told him so. And uh, yeah, uh, look, we're all guilty of being triggered. I was triggered like crazy, you know, but you know, I'm in my 20s and, you know, Easy, easy, easy pickings for him, you know, and he, he managed to do it. And then I noticed him looking at me and he had the, just the slightest smile on his face. Like, I got you. Little twinkle in the eye. I got you. I got you. <laughs> you fish. <laughs> got you, got you, got you. <laughs> and I saw that and was like, wait a minute. He doesn't give a shit about any of the things no. that he's arguing about. He's just trying to get a rise. rise, rile me up and get a reaction, an emotion, an emotional response. And boy, did he. I mm-hmm. lost my shit. <laughs> and, and I see the smile across his face, and I'm like, this you. motherfucker. Mm-hmm. But I learned a valuable lesson, right? And so that applies in the world as well. You, you'll see, you know, 
mainstream news or even non-mainstream news say triggering topics or they, they do this stuff so that you will watch it and continue to watch it and you will argue with your friends and family and you, you know, you're tuned in when their commercials are playing and you know, you want to buy things that support your viewpoint, which is fine. You should vote with your wallet, right? But we have to be careful that we're not being manipulated and controlled because, because most, you of are. That, most of that advertising <laughs> is manipulation and control. Yeah. And it is when you have one organization that owns both sides of the argument, I rest my case. Yeah. They, they're equally invested. So yes. no matter which viewpoint you are arguing from, they win. And if you don't believe they're equally invested, I urge you to go look up what they buy stock in on both sides of the aisle. What those companies are, who they are, and how much control those companies have of us in this country. I mean, the emotional reaction can be so strong, I mean, on on every aspect of the viewpoint. And we end up becoming tribal um, and disregarding anyone else uh, if they don't meet our checklist. And that checklist is on either side. And the checklist can be on any subject other than just human interaction. Yeah. Right? So, you know, it, it goes so far as, you know, you, you have that preacher in Tennessee that's, that's having public book burnings with yeah. books that, that, that uh, he doesn't like, uh, opinions that he doesn't like. Pagan so, authors, women's rights, you name it. He's Harry burning Potter, Harry Potter for goodness sake. You know, and, and I get the, the issue with Harry Potter as well, you know, and, and uh, the author's own personal uh, craziness. Uh, but... Bella is just going crazy. Um, but those book burnings, those those public book burnings, what's the difference between us having a virtual book burning because we don't like uh, what a particular author uh, had to say or we don't like um, the history of that author, that author is horrible. And so we have a virtual book burning. Don't buy these books. Don't buy these books. Don't buy these books. What's the difference between that and this nutcase in Tennessee, you know, doing his thing. What, we what don't it, want him doing that to you either. What's the difference? Yeah, yeah what, there is what no is difference. difference. And we're both wrong then, right? It, so if somebody buys the book, okay, maybe that person is a, is a scholar. Okay, well, I'm seeing all this stuff about him. And so do a little research on why. Yeah. Why? Like sound bites that you hear. On TV, they're designed to have inflammatory topics that impact. elicit an emotional response. Mm -hmm. And they're usually successful. Very. And yeah. it's scary. It's yeah. scary how easy we are. When if you take the time to research that soundbite, you'll find most often than not that they're taken completely out of context. Yeah. You know, and they're made to imply uh, something or, you know, a subject or whatever that didn't happen that way. That's not how it happened. But the way the soundbite is edited, it makes you go, what the fuck? But take the time to do your own research. They're counting on you not doing that. They're counting on you having an emotional response to, to a cute commercial, to a curated bit of stimuli yep. that is designed uh, to make you angry or make you frustrated or make you whatever. You're going to have an emotional response to that. Um, y y it's up to the individual to make the decision on how they're going to respond. It reminds me of some of the advertising they do for foods that are actually really 
deadly to you and poisonous to you and they glean them up and sell them to your children especially sweet sugary cereals with lots of these different coloring elements in them that are actually deadly and cause dna damage over time but god do they make that commercial just look so adorable and the kids look so happy and the family looks so charming and you rush right out and buy the box and that's the same way it is with political and scientific and religious um, ideology in commercials around the time of elections and things of that nature. The, the happy family, the loving man of Christ, you know, and you find out when you've elected this lovely looking man into office with this beautiful family that, God, he's a monster. Yeah. He's a fascist. We have to be careful with perception. I thought he was just like me. Yeah, that's exactly what they want you to think. No, that he's just he's nothing like you. He's Billy Bob from next door, and he's the greatest guy ever, and he's going to have your family and your heart and soul and mind when he votes. And then you go and look at his voting record, or you go and look at the legislation that he crafted and what he spends his money on and buys stocks in, and it's heinous. But they can convince you to act against your own interests. Yes. With a heavily curated soundbite. And it may not even be them. It might be the people that are reporting it, you know. Uh, and they, they curate those soundbites to oh. elicit a response. So exactly. where is – how do we combat this, right? And we've all seen the horrible uh, laws being passed and uh, in, in, in just heinous shit that goes against the will of the people. And they just do whatever they want. You know, and you feel powerless as a little person. I, I'm a little person. I, I don't have any power, really, except in my vote. And then you question if that even matters, right? There's there's speculation about that to create doubt in the system. Yes. You know, so. And you also vote with your wallet. That is, And how often we forget. Yeah, that is yeah. one of the most powerful votes is voting with your wallet. So no matter which side of the political spectrum you're from. And we hear you both. Believe me, we do. And we understand where you're coming from. You need to look when you're voting at who is the money behind the candidate. And then think down the line, what does this mean for me and my rights when this candidate actually gets in office? Because now they're beholding to this golem they've created by taking that cash from that corporation. And they're going to be doing its bidding. Well, it becomes so frustrating. You just want to stick your head in the sand like, I just don't do politics. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's a danger too, right? Yeah, they're, they're counting on that reaction as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't get into it. It makes me so mad. I just don't even get into it. But again, they're throwing the ball, and you're having an emotional response to it. Yeah, you know, and and it's up to us to make that decision on everything, on every stimuli that you come across during your given day. You have decisions to make. If you have a you know a horrible driver in front of you in Clark Summit, I know that's completely unheard of because everybody is just fantastic, fantastic, yeah. empathetic, courteous drivers in Clark Summit on the daily. Uh, yeah, um, but how you react to that? So the person didn't look before they pulled out. They cut you off. You had to slam on brakes. You have your family in the car. They have their family in the car. And you don't know if they're carrying or not. What decision do you make? Do you lay on the horn, give them the double social finger, and then cut them back off and create an even more dangerous situation? Or do you stop, think, look, I love my spouse. I love my mate. I love my person, my partner. I love my children. I'm not going to put them in further. This person has already demonstrated poor judgment. 
Am I going to escalate the situation by becoming even more aggressive with them so they know who's boss? Or am I going to back off, get the hell away from them, go down another street, just diffuse the situation by your actions? Yes. And we have to think like that. And look, we're both guilty of social finger driving. Yes, oh my God. Um, but it's my favorite it's thing. It's a failing. Right? It's a yeah. failing. And I, I readily admit, look, I'm human. You yeah. know, we're all human. We all have those. You know, I had a bad day and I just don't feel like being rational right now. Go fuck yourself. Um, yeah. But they're counting on that, right? And that's that's what we do when you're presented with advertising. That's what you do when you're presented with, you know, any kind of media, um, no matter what the source is. Uh, that's what we do when we have interactions with people. Um, you know, people dress provocatively because they want to express themselves and they'll say it has nothing to do with you. But when you go out into public and you elicit a response... I mean, there's nothing wrong with dressing and expressing yourself, but you should also be prepared for when you're outside the norm of people's reaction. And it may not be the reaction that you wanted, or maybe you did want that reaction so that you can have an argument. And, you know, where, where's that end? You exactly. Know? And, and I'm not saying everybody needs to dress like, you know, the same in a uniform. I, hell, I used to have long ass fucking hair with blonde streak tips and all kinds of, you know, 1980s. What do you want? And you did that just for shock value. And I did. I completely admit that. I drove around <laughs> in the Bible Belt with born-again pagan on the back of my car. And clergy. You know, to elicit a response. So Inverted I, I completely get it, you know, why we do those things. And it, and it is a form of microaggression, you yes. know, because you're tired of the people that you perceive as oppressing you. And in a lot of cases, that perception is true. They are oppressing you. But why are they oppressing you? Because they feel threatened because of the message they got was that you were the enemy. And so instead of looking into it more, uh, they react with the information that they have. And they they lash out. Maybe minimal information. Yeah. Um, and so now we're back and forth again. You know, now we're having an emotional response on every side. And it's a never-ending source of entertainment for the champagne-sipping one-percenters who are engineering the entire thing. Yes, it, it absolutely is. And the way that we combat this is having conversations with these people we don't exactly care for. Yeah. Okay, so it's been the strangest thing for both of us to describe what we do to people from outside um, and watch their eyes light up and go, well, I didn't know it had anything to do with agrarian cycles. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? I thought y'all like like summoning the devil and worshiping demons and, you know, slaughtering babies and sacrificing and shit. And then they find out um, we're really kind of boring. <laughs> I'm very boring. Incredibly. Yeah. My Google Maps <laughs> is a straight line. Oh, my God. And it's store, home, and once in a while, every week, I go to the grocery store. But are they so going to know this about you if you don't engage them in conversation? No, they expect to come in and trigger and, you, and, and we're the stereotype. Have to wear you know witchy clothing and look a certain way, and we're just two old farts behind the counter laughing. <laughs> they come in and I'm all dowdy. <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean that's just the way we are. We are who we are. You know, yeah. And uh, that's not an emotional response to anything other than I'm old and I don't really give a shit. I want to be comfortable. Screw this shit yeah high heels i used to love Mm-mm, not not for an 8 10 12 hour day no 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 sir no way no how <laughs> yeah but i mean just be cautious that yeah. look everybody does the checklist right but not everybody has to meet every box or we're going to really limit the communication that we have yeah and 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 think about when you see someone don't buy these books because this is a bad person 
Okay, oh, says you. Yeah. Um, there are ways to research before you make a decision. It's called making an educated decision. And then read the yeah. book. Damn. Re- what's it going to hurt yeah. if you read the book? Yeah. I read all kinds of books. I don't agree with yeah. a whole lot of them. You know, I read them because even somebody who's completely wrong and in in the meme or the soundbite, they sound like an awful person. I want to know for myself what they said themselves. I don't want to hear someone else's opinion. I'm not exactly. I'm, I'm not going to make a decision for me based on someone else's perspective. I want my perspective and that involves not only reading the book but looking a little deeper into like maybe the era that they were in and yeah. why did they think this way? You have to be inquisitive, in, especially in things of an esoteric nature. You, you can't and, accept anything on face value. And they were anti this and anti that because they'd never been introduced to it. Yeah. Let's put that in perspective because I know you guys. And I know that if some of you came into these people's lives, that they would have loved you just like I do. They just never met one of you. Yeah. They never met somebody from your background, from your perspective. And that's what it takes in this world for us to come together is to meet people from different perspectives at you know at a point of respect and earnest earnest um interest in that person's background and earnest interest in that person's practices and that's why this place here at picky weeds is so open to every single practice we don't care what background you come from we want to serve you we want you to feel comfortable here we want you to have see something that's of yourself of your culture of your practice in this store so that you know that we're interested in you and that we really want to hear what you've got to say. And that is an open invitation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we don't have – it's like when you read a book and you like, you don't have to incorporate it into your practice. You can read the book aside from your practice and go, oh, well, that was interesting. Maybe you got a, a little tidbit there that opened another door and, and, oh, now I understand their viewpoint. Oh, now I see what you're saying. Okay. And that's how it goes. That's how education works. And it's really hard to do, uh, like Mark had mentioned earlier, without a mentor. Yes. You know, without that experienced person guiding your step. But even then you have to be careful. Right, the person guiding your step may have ulterior motives too, and they have a they have a perception you know. that's colored by their experiences. So we don't ever surrender free will to to anyone or anything. You you always want to be true to yourself, yes. right? Well, just because they said it doesn't mean it's necessarily true. It could be partly true, but it also could be distorted, and you have to keep that presence of mind. And that harkens back to the first rule of magic for us: is know thyself. The full quote is, know thyself and you will know God. Are, do you not know we are gods and we are creating this world that we live in? And look at the mess it's in. Because we can't look at somebody else with a difference of opinion and see them as human. We tend to, it's human nature, we tend to categorize them as monsters or animals. You know, if they have a different perspective. When all it takes to understand where they're coming from is to throw that ball softly into their court, and see how they respond. Yep. And then actually listen without a leaning towards what am I going to say next. 
Oh, yeah, the listen to respond thing. Yeah, that don't, drives me nuts. Don't do that. You're not going to learn anything that you way. You see their eyes glaze over while you're trying to, to have a conversation. Yes. And you know they're not. Like, you can even yeah. put some, some dumb shit in and just, and they'll and be they, like, uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're not even listening. You know, you've already made up your mind, you know, three syllables into the statement, and you're just ready to, to hit that, you know, throw the ball back hard. And see, you know. I think with me, I'm just such a student, student of freaking human nature that I'm so intrigued <laughs> by what they're going to say. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I have learned so much from uh, the people that walk through that door. And even the people that are new, they have a different perspective. They do. And it, and it makes me pause and go, huh, huh. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's I remember those days when, when yeah, but that's that's an even different perspective than I had. And how do you address that? You yeah. know, and so then we have to do some research and, and think about those things. It's it's not a an ego trip. It's a uh, we're we're learning right along with you all. You yes. know, and I, I think that forever being the student is the best perspective to it have. Is. I'm not an expert in anything. Never have. Never will be. I know a couple things, a little bit, but that doesn't mean that when presented with new information. That sound information that I've found to be true, intrinsically true, that I can't change those viewpoints. Exactly. You know, I mean, we're not the same people we were, you know, two days ago, much less the same people we were 20 years ago. God, I was heinous 20 years ago, and that's why I can't judge anybody. Um, I I have done so many things in my past. That I don't even care if they come to light now because I'm a completely different person. I'm not her anymore. Well, we're always evolving. Yeah. We're, we, we are in a state of constant evolution, you know, and it's really some things are beyond your control, um, but a lot of things are within your control. And, and you have to make decisions on how you're going to respond. That, that's what this all comes down to. And those decisions sometimes are split second, yes. maybe knee jerk. Right. But by taking the time to research some things and taking the time to look into some things for yourself and not taking someone's uh, statement as fact, just yeah. just on face value, you owe it to yourself to, to do that. And people are like, I don't have time to do that. I'm like, OK, well, that's a decision you've made. Then at least do this. And from the minute that they've triggered you, instead of responding immediately, count back. Three one thousand, two one thousand, one one thousand. Give yourself a second to process, and then realize that they're trying to manipulate you, and go, "Oh, you little bastards! You're trying to manipulate me. I see what you're doing." And you see the convict with a smile on his yeah. face. Gotcha. Yeah, and then Got responding kind. So the guy that says to you, "Why do you wear Christmas hair all the time?" or "Why do you go out looking like you're going to Halloween?" and you just go, "Does it bother you?" And then they go, well, yeah, well, thanks for your opinion. I did that to a lady in the old store. I don't like your music. Your music is not conducive to a good shopping experience. And that's exactly what she said. And I said, thank you for your opinion. Hooray for you. And I kept on playing the music. Yeah. And that's how you diffuse people. That's how you diffuse the situation. If they see you don't care, it annoys them a whole hell of a lot more than it does you. Yeah. Because they, they've they lost, and I think one of the issues is we've lost a lot of empathy with the electronic world. Yeah, we have. You know, people never spoke face-to-face in the 70s and 80s the way they talked to each other online. Yeah. You know. You'd have got punched in the you, face. You, oh, my what God. What we call them, keyboard warriors. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you have people that are so used to being a keyboard warrior that they forget in public 
Yeah, I'm just looking at him with one eye up. You can, you can catch one. Like you, I'm gonna make an emotional me. decision. Well, knock you the fuck out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have thought about yeah. it, researched it, and yeah, bam. Yeah, this this person you see before you these days is much changed. I used to be rather violent. <laughs> okay. You made a lot of emotional decisions. I did. I did. I did. So did I. I had. Yeah. Police friends of mine come to me and say, "You got to stop. <laughs> we can't keep you out of jail any longer." <laughs> and we laugh about that now, but I mean, we hear people going through similar situations that we went through, you know, in the past. And and hindsight's twenty twenty, as they say. Yes. Oh my God. And, and terrible sight. It's easy for us to say, "Well, no, you need to do this, this, and this." Well, that's really hard to hear when you're in the midst of it. Right? Of the when drama. It, when you're inundated with mm-hmm. it, you're, you're drowning in it, and like there's no reprieve. But you always have to remember that you are the one that is in control. Yes. And the and, immortal words of Rage Against the Machine, take your power back. Yeah. Yeah. Take and, it back. It's hard. It's easier than it sounds. Or it's easier than it sounds. <laughs> it's harder than it sounds. I'm left-handed. Sounds. I get shit backwards all the fucking time. There. It's easier than it sounds. You know what the hell I mean. (laughs) Once uh, you learn the mindset that you need to have, it becomes easy. The reaction becomes normal. Yeah. And you're just looking at him and you raise one eyebrow and go, oh, aren't you cute? Bless your heart. And, you know, (laughs) on the the larger scale, we're we're seeing, you know, these politicians on on any side of the aisle. uh, Fisticuffs, dude. Doing things that, and trying to pass laws that, that impact people's lives in a negative way. Yeah. And they think, from their perspective, that they're really doing the right thing and you're wrong and... No, you're oppressing people. You're oppressing groups of people. You're oppressing all kinds of people. You're a horrible person. And, you know, where does it end? How do we, the best thing to do is to run for office. And I'm seeing the younger generation do that. And that's, I'm excited. Representation. Like, we all need representation. And that's how the Greeks did it. That's how the Romans did it. They had people from differing viewpoints. And did it did it come to blows sometimes? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you didn't usually see senators back then in the Roman period. Like they would cut off ears and stuff. But they were brilliant. They had brilliant minds. These people yeah. act and speak and carry themselves like imbeciles. And I'm on all uh, yeah. on and ev- every party. <laughs> yeah, you know? I'm ashamed. And, and then you have the few people this that are trying us. to do the right thing and trying to have some kind of consensus but they're vastly outnumbered by the sh- you know the shrieking voices of of stupidity yeah and and you know here we are as the little people feeling completely unrepresented and yeah. and a lot of us feeling quite frankly oppressed and so that affects our decision making yeah you and know? you can't let them do that to you you, know, you get mad and and angry take and, your power you know, back you see somebody in a red hat and you lose your shit because, yeah. well, it's no longer a political thing, right? Now it's a morality thing. And then, then you see somebody from the other side, see somebody, you know, dressed like friends of ours in different yeah. colored hair or piercings or whatever, and they automatically make judgments on appearance, which yeah. isn't right either. No. You know, what was it? How did uh, Paul Simon say the words of the prophets are written, written on, on, the the te- s- on the subway walls and yeah. the tenement halls? In the tenement halls, right. Some of the best conversations I've ever had are from people who did not look like me, people that did not dress like me, people that did not, uh, you know, fuck, 
I've had some of the best philosophical conversations with bikers. Me too. Uh, or oh my god, uh, people in the prison system. Brilliant. You know, or you know, there's a lot of brilliant people in prison. I'm not even kidding uh, you. Homeless people. I've you know just just had a horrible luck. You know, yeah. or they made bad decisions, or maybe just life just happened, and there's nothing that was beyond their control. Yeah. But some of the most wise things that I've ever heard have been from people that you know, a lot of people wouldn't even talk to or yeah, look at. They'd be afraid to, to approach on the street, and they're just beautiful people. But I've, I've learned that listen to everybody. You know, you don't have to agree with them. You don't. You're entitled to your own, you know, opinion, but just make sure that opinion is is, is rooted as much as possible in, in, fact, in, in actuality. Yeah. yeah. You know, and not fear or religion or sexuality or any of that stuff. You need to make sure it's rooted in fact. And we talk about rights, you yeah. know, and I've had this conversation many times that, you know, we have a lot of differing viewpoints that come through the door. And we have we have Christian fundamentalists that come in, but they're the ones that I've encountered thus far have been lovely very people. polite and very decent and, yeah. and they're just curious. Mm-hmm. You know, they've heard and here is an example of someone taking it upon themselves to find out the actuality of a statement. Yeah. You know, the you know, oh, you're you're not like that? No, not like that. That's Hollywood. That's yeah. not how this works. They've come to see if there's anything to fear here. You know, and, and there, because and there their isn't. family members are coming here and they want to know if they're getting indoctrinated. Yeah. Yeah. Um we had one customer bring her mother in who thought she was joining a cult. And she came and she had an experience here at a at a ceremony and she said she felt closer to God here than she had felt many, many years. That's and, beautiful. And it led her back to church, which I think is beautiful. Absolutely. She took back up her spirituality, something that was kind of dying in her. And I thought, that's what we're here for. When we realize we can all coexist without forcing everyone to agree with our viewpoint uh, on every aspect. Yeah. It's very rare that you're going to find a large group of people that agrees with everything you stand for and believe. You're going to have something that irritates you about somebody. If there's five people in the room, there's going to be something about one of them that just irritates you. And and as Mark has said previously, groups that do that are destined to implode. Yes, they are. Because you have to be able to have empathy. You have to have uh, a certain level of understanding. And you have to have discipline. You know, yeah. Yeah. That that you know, not everyone's going to meet your checklist. Yeah. Do they do they meet the important things, or can you gain something from listening to that person that that you just I don't agree with anything they do, but listen and understand why they got to that pers- perspective, and you can probably find the source of manipulation. Yes. You know, and 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 look inward at yourself and ensure that you're not having another source of manipulation because let me tell you, the same puppet masters are, are running both. Yes. And they're, they're cashing in on both and counting on all of us to have emotional responses to the stimuli that they provide. It always amazes me when I see protest and counter protest that I can see that not so subtle and everybody thinks it is not so subtle manipulation in both sides of the crowd. I can see the puppet master's hand up the asses of those people moving those mouths. Absolutely. And I think about it and think, I hear your talking point. I know where that talking point came from. I hear your talking point. I know exactly where that talking point came from. Let me remind you that they want us to forget that we're all brothers and sisters and that we're all human. We're all the same species. We're all sharing the same planet, and they want you to see them as other and else and less not than human. less than human yeah. and less than you. And so the oldest trick in the book is to take somebody who's oppressed and make them feel special. 
Yeah. Yeah. For a second. So they can work you like a marionette. Yep. Careful that you see this coming. And how does this tie into practice? I know this is a, you know, sort of a pagan podcast. How does this tie into practice? Man, does it tie into practice when you're summoning something? Expectations have to go out the window and it has to come down to how you conduct yourself and how you comport yourself and compose yourself in ritual. It is all about your will when that thing comes through. And if it's will overwhelms you, you're done. And it's it's one or two things. You can really get hurt in the physical or you can really get hurt in the mental and end up in a mental ward and end up on all kinds of drugs. So you have to understand that this is what the great work is all about. Learning to temper your reactions. Learning to still your will. And yeah. learning to open your mind to possibility. And possibility in ritual, good Lord, possibility. It's a huge, huge opening. Well, and I see a lot of failing, too, that people are approaching um, the esoteric as a means of uh, replacement for therapy. Yeah, and it's not the place to do yeah, it. And it's not. Mm-mm. And and one of the first rules of magic is, what, know thyself, Know right? thyself, and thou shalt know God. And, but you, you, you have to have your own house in order. Yeah. In, in most of... The books that I've read, especially those written by, you know, some fairly well-known esoteric authors, they all say the same thing. Yes. Right? You you have to get your own house in order. You have have to do the inner work first. And and you can't accomplish anything. This isn't, um, you know, you jump in and and things happen like in an episode of Sabrina. It doesn't work that way. You can't go in it with, uh, you know, mental issues that you need to address, you know, mental issues that should be taken to a therapist. You know, therapy is a good thing. Yeah. And and it's very helpful to have someone to talk to that gets you. And if you don't have a therapist that's listening uh, and providing, um, you know, avenues for you to address those things and to help you live a better, more fulfilled life, then that needs to be your first priority because magic is not therapy. Magic is magic. Um, it's not uh, it's not intended as a self-help. OK, and you can do sound healings and you can do those things to help calm the mind and those are those are great those are awesome but when it comes to actual work practice um especially on the on the you know hermetic side or the esoteric side you really need to get your house in order because some of the entities that you may come across they're not all happy and shiny you know some of them really want to hurt you you know, it's just what they are. Yeah. It's not a human uh, emotion, emotional response. This is, this is, you know, an is, it is. It's not it's one way or the other. Yeah. And, and so any aspect that they can prey on, think about it as the new corrections officer fresh out of boot camp and the seasoned lifer was just having having one on for their own entertainment. Well, there are spirits that do that, too. Yeah, it's a nasty sludge being spirit. You yeah. know, absolutely. So yeah. any kind of weakness or chink in your armor, they will expose. Yes. Yeah, you know, people wonder why I, I'm not quick to anger. Well, look, if it can be said, it's been said. 
to yeah. me. Any, oh, my anything God. Anything about your appearance. Absolutely. Anything about the way you look, the way you speak, the way you walk. What you believe. Any little chink in the armor that they can find to elicit an emotional response out of you is a win. I've been poked at and prodded and called every name in the book. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. and, and my fellow corrections officers out there or my fellow, uh, you know, convicts, inmates that have been in the inside, you know what I'm talking about. You know, people are say, you know, they're scared of prison because of the physical violence It's the emotional that, that is far more to fear. You yes. know, and not only the fact that you're locked in there with those people, but they've had nothing but years to come up with the best ways to elicit a response out of you. Oh, yeah. And you're fresh from the yeah. world, not used to that environment. And you're scared. Easy pickings. And we have to kind yeah. of develop that armor, you know, where I'm not going to be triggered by what you say or what you do. I know who I am and I know what my <clears throat> worth is. You know, I, yep. I'm going to listen to what you have to say mm-hmm. and then I'm going to choose my response. Yeah. And choose that response from a place not of emotion. Uh, because emotional response is why so many people are in prison to begin with. Yes. They made an emotional decision. The heat of the moment, they call it, uh, in boot camp. It right? could be any one of us in you there. Know, crimes of passion. Yes. That's, yeah. that's where most people are, are locked up. And then people you are know. so immediate to judge a person who's been in prison for all, you know, for one of those issues. And it could have so easily been you had somebody oh. said something ugly to your kid or Absolutely. your wife or your. You Absolutely. Know. I had anybody tell me that. You know, the only difference between me and you is you got is you didn't get caught. I said, you're absolutely, yeah, absolutely. right. Yeah. I, I will not deny that. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, we're, we're all crazy when we're young. We are all <laughs> Some what of us time. are crazy when we're old. Yeah. We're all what time and circumstance have made us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think one of the adages that I go at life and people ask me, how the hell do you do this? How do you talk to that person without choking them? You can learn something even from a fool. Yeah, it's an adage that I live by, and there may be a good reason that person is a fool. And, and you're it's, also it's called manipulation. You're also not entrenched in converting that person to your point of no, view. No, I don't care if they believe or not. I you don't know. care if they join me or not because it doesn't. And this is a thing with other religions and world religions that I find kind of funny. They're told to go out and they're told witness. to witness to people and bring them into the fold. Well, you know what that says to me? It belies that you're insecure and you need numbers of other people alongside of you for you to keep feeling secure in your beliefs. You need those people to prop up your belief. Yep. I don't need you. No. Yeah. I don't need you. In 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 a true, you know, we're talking about Christianity. A true follower of Christ doesn't need that either. Yeah. You know that they have their faith. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, look and look at the wondrous things. Like just, uh, I was reading. I'm reading uh, Chris Bellardi's book right now, uh, The Red Church, um, and and talking about faith is the foundation of everything. You know, look. Here's a perfect example of that. I don't have to incorporate something just because I read it. I'm reading it to to learn more about, you know, the what is it, Rockerai and Hexerai, yeah, and Pennsylvania Dutch and powwow. I, I'm interested because my family was Pennsylvania His Dutch. His grandmother, good, you know, night. But amazing. It's it's um it's out of print, I believe. I don't know if maybe it's yeah, back it's, in, it's, I think it's out of print. It might be back in print. Christopher yeah. will correct us on that. Yeah. I'm sure. But um, excellent, excellent, excellent book. Mark Stavish wrote the forward on it. Um, just truly a treasure trove of information that I'm every time I turn the page, I'm learning some new thing. Doesn't mean I'm gonna all of a sudden have faith in the Christian religion. No, because I have my belief system that's rooted in my ancestry and rooted in paganism. But that's my personal belief, and everyone has their own 
personal belief system. Is it subject to change? Yes, absolutely. It's personal. You know, you know, in some, you know, even with the the pantheon that you follow, that that's subject to change. Yes, you know, mine's grown a lot. You know, the advantage of being pagan is we have like a painter's palette of deities, right? <laughs> Especially being an American mutt, where I have you know so many different lineage. Yes, oh my god, it's terrible. <laughs> and, and, I know they're all confused when I call them like. And you don't even have to. How do the that. hell do you it know these people? It doesn't even have to be your lineage. You yeah. know, maybe maybe you're you're really interested in. The culture of an you know another another land that had nothing to do with your ancestry, because it, we all come from one point in history. You know, we're <laughs> yeah, all come from. One so point you want to you want to learn about about that, but the the key is to find an accurate source for that information, and that is usually you know someone who who is uh, credible. And how do you find out if they're credible? Well, you speak with them and, mm-hmm. and you look into them and you talk to them. And, and, you know, sometimes it doesn't take very long for you to figure out whether this person is legitimate or not. You yeah. know? But that being said, you know, we welcome everybody. And I, I, I've said to other people that, you know, just because we have, a, you know, a Christian customer or we have a Buddhist customer, or we have a Taoist customer. And we have all of those. And you yeah. name it, mm-hmm. it, it, across the spectrum of spirituality, their personal spirituality and their rights to practice how they see fit is very important to me. I yes. will fight side by side beside anyone, whether they're Christian, whether they're Buddhist, whether they're pagan, it doesn't matter. For their rights. You have a right to believe and practice, you know, so long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. Um, I guess that's the closest to harm you none I get. Yeah. Um, yeah. So long as it's not impacting someone else's life or hurting someone else's life, uh, I will defend your rights right shoulder to shoulder yeah. with you. And I think that we all should be like that. What We don't have to agree. I do agree that you have that right to practice. Yeah. The caveat being the minute it impacts an innocent person or the minute it impacts other people uh, in a negative manner, th- that's where I draw the this line. This is no longer a free speech issue when that happens. Yeah. But we have to be careful because free speech is a slippery slope, and mm. it's like the book bannings. Yeah. You are literally trying to abridge somebody's, someone's free speech when you're banning their books and when you're burning their books. Or posting memes. Don't buy these books. Yeah. That is a virtual book burning. Yeah, it is. You and know. so you need to think about what a slippery slope that is because they've come at you. Think about it. They've come at you and people that you love and authors and speakers that you really adore. And they've done this to them. And they've tried to cancel them. And they've tried to destroy their lives. And if you take the same tact and swing way left and go after them, you are no different than the very oppressors that we seek to beat. The very oppressors that we seek to free ourselves from. You become your enemy. Yeah. You become your enemy. You become the the very thing that you are trying to stand against. Please love yourself more than that and love your brothers and sisters more than that and respect. And if it's not hurting anyone and it's just an opinion and it's not being forced down your throat in a a court of law or in a legislative um, piece of legislation, rather, then, then it's free speech. And don't abridge that. You don't have to listen to it, and you don't have to agree with it, and you can do what the Greeks did and sit down and debate that person. And remember who's swinging the pendulum. Yeah. And they swing it all the way to the left and all the way to the right. It's very rarely in the middle because that's where they get the best reaction. Yes. And remember the best tactic is diffuse first. Diffuse the anger first and then have a conversation. You'll be amazed how quickly that person will see you as human. Yeah. 
And then now that's the doorway into um, opening their eyes and opening their hearts and opening their minds. And that happened so many more times than I can even count over the course of my lifetime and some of the jobs I've had to work. Um, it's amazing. It's very powerful. It's extremely powerful. If they think you're willing to listen, nine times out of ten, unless it's a vile creature that's just doing it to hurt somebody, if they think you're willing to listen, they're willing to listen to you. Open that door. Yep. And, you know, keep an eye out for the, the smile across the their yeah. face. Like, got you. Sometimes I love that smile, though. Got you. Because, that's you know, it's like, I see you. Yeah. I see you, you little shit. You were just trying to find out. But you could have just asked me directly. We, we love everybody here. Yeah. And, and even, you know, the people, I can't say we love everyone. No. <laughs> we we accept everyone. Yeah. How about that? Or there you most go. people. It, 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 the caveat being that if you are someone that is trying to hurt someone. I don't think know, we've had anybody truly heinous. No. I think the kids were just being kids and being little assholes. Oh, the ones that, that used to break the door and yell, God hates gay people. Oh, and, yeah. Good God. They were just being little assholes, but. But yeah, it, I don't think know, we've had anybody truly and, vile. And, and turned out one of them's brother was gay. Yeah. His father was like, what the His hell father, is wrong oh with him? His father, oh my God. Poor man. <sighs> this was at the old store when they were kind of doing like a ding-dong ditch game of opening store doors and yelling in them or just causing disturbance, being typical kids. Yeah. You know? But yeah. they're saying some horrible things. Yes, they were to um, our customers who were our people, and we love them, and we're very freaking protective. And it just wasn't in case just you wanted to us. Know. They were doing yeah. it to every store or a lot of stores. Yeah. No, you're not every store, but a lot of stores up and down uh, the Clark Summit shopping district. You yeah, know? and and it, it was getting to be a real problem. They were riding their bikes, park their bikes, open the door, scream some offensive bullshit to elicit a response, and laugh and run away and, and it's just little kid stuff yeah you know but you know i see adults do that all the yeah, time yeah i see little adults act like little kids they want to elicit a response yeah. and then laugh and yeah. ha, ha, i got yeah. them off their square you know what does that accomplish picking on young girls that are dressed goth yeah that makes me very very angry but that's not the response you need to have with them yeah. the response you need to have with them is why does it bother you <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, they yeah. don't know what to do. Yeah. They start to short circuit when mm. when you when you, does it bother you? How does this affect your life? Yes, you know I'm expressing myself. Yeah, you know, and everyone has a right to express themselves, but we also have to remember that it, you know it, it will elicit a response because look at they call it counterculture. Yeah, right. And and I was a big like, me was, too. Boo. My my teens and twenties, I uh-huh. was Sex Pistols, uh, uh-huh. you know, Misfits, Susie and the Banshees, the, the Ramones, yes. Uh, oh. very much. Yeah. It was like, you know, a rebellious. I was anything but what the others complete were. <laughs> rebellion against societal norms, you know, mm-hmm. but I was angry. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, uh, sometimes I got some emotional response back. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes you had to literally physically fight for, <laughs> you know, but yeah. you know, those were the days, yeah. you know, before YouTube and. Yeah. TikTok and things like no, that. And cameras on every cell phone. Oh, my God. I'm so glad there were no cameras on every cell phone when oh. I was coming up. <laughs> I've been to some mosh pits in Detroit that, that were like, yeah. But, you know, that's a good outlet. I think we need more mosh pits. I really do. I, uh, think, I, I think we do. I think people need to get in there and slug it out and get it out of their system so they stop harming innocent people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, if you've stuck around this long, thank you, guys. I, just, I think we just really wanted to – Get some of this out there, and, yeah, and maybe get some people this. thinking a little bit before you get you get uh, triggered. Yeah, don't be triggered. 
they know you're going to be triggered. Don't give them that. Yeah, watch that's, it. That's their pleasure, not yours. Remember who's swinging the pendulum and watch for that smile on their face. Yes. Have mercy. Love y'all. Love you. Love under will. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of In the Weeds, and we hope you didn't have to pick too much pucker brush off your cloak after visiting with us here. If you liked the episode, please follow, subscribe, and share. And if you're really kind, leave a positive review. Be sure to tune in next week as we publish a new episode weekly. If you're in the area, stop by the store and see us. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day.